Welcome to the Get Sacred Podcast. I'm your host, intuitive life coach, Melissa Elysian, and I'm here to teach you how to create more money, more love, and more sacred success. If you're ready to create a lusciously abundant and pleasure-filled life, you're in the right place. Hello, Terry. Thank you so much for being here with me. I'm so excited to have you. I'm so excited to be here. Oh my gosh, this will be fun. So the reason why I connected with you was because I am a person who like considers myself to be like a rebel. I don't care what people think. I do what I want and whatever. Um, I never really identified with this notion of like people pleasing or perfectionism. But then I kept reading your post and I was like, hmm, (laughs) Terry knows something that I don't know. And I feel like I still don't really identify with those things, but that's just perceptive, like my perception. And I think there's still a lot to learn. I also think I have some of those tendencies like masked as other things, like not wanting to fail and like um, all sorts of other shenanigans. So I want to talk to you about that. So can you tell me a bit about your work around perfectionism and people pleasing? Maybe um, how you came to it, whatever whatever you think is valuable to telling the story of your work right now. Absolutely. So... I um, got into this work about 10 years ago when I hit a wall and was diagnosed with clinical depression. So I had people pleased and perfected my way into this tiny little box and my soul was suffocating. And I remember, it's so interesting, my husband and I both have a background in psychology. My husband is a clinical psychologist. And so, but I still had shame around going to mental health professionals. And so I was trying to fix it and do it myself because, oh my gosh, the perfectionism, right? If people knew that I needed clinical help, Mm -hmm. then that might mean something about me. Um, And I wanted that perfect facade on. I wanted people to think I had my life together. I wanted people to think that I was happy, which I was, but at the same time, like I was also like crushing my spirit at the same time. Um... And I just got to a place where I ended up going to see a professional and we went through all of my symptoms and he, he gave me this diagnosis of clinical depression. And I remember starting to allow myself to feel. That was really the key for me is he said, a, he said something. He said, emotions are neither good nor bad. They just are. And all of them give us messages about what's going on inside of us. And I had tried so hard because of, I was also raised in a very high demand religion. Um, I was taught that anger was not okay to feel. Fear Mm. meant that I wasn't following God well enough. Um, Sadness also meant that I was doing something wrong. And so I had spent 10, 15 years numbing those emotions, which also numbed the information that I was getting about myself and what I liked and didn't like, what was okay and what wasn't okay with me. And um, it was also numbing my joy and my ability to feel contentment and peace and direction in my life as well. And so um, it really just started there. And then it grew into 
understanding that so often because I would feel shame, I would put up, um, so many of us do this. We put up what Brene Brown calls the 20 ton shield of perfectionism. And it's this, if I look perfect enough, if I do it perfect enough, if I look like I have my crap together, then no one will know the tender vulnerable parts underneath where I struggle, where I feel insecure, where I feel fear, where I feel pain, um, because I have this shield out that makes it look like I have it all put together. And that's really where it all started. Um, and for the last four years, I've actually coached business professionals around, you know, how we put up this perfect facade and it, it keeps us from connecting with our customers. It keeps us from connecting with other professionals and it keeps us from really being able to um, be human with each other, which is what we crave these days. We are tired of the photoshopped, airbrushed, everything is perfect, my life is perfect look. We want real people to connect with and, um, and our perfectionism keeps us from doing that. Okay, so good. <laughs> I'm like, oof. Okay, so the reason why I think that that is so amazing that this is your work, it's like, on the one hand, it's like letting go of the tendency to want to hide the way that you are, your imperfections, your vulnerabilities, the things that are flawed, keeps you from feeling yourself and knowing yourself and like enjoying your life. Mm -hmm. And then also the aspect of, how that relates to creating income, whether you have a business or you're in a career, how it impacts your ability to show up authentically and create abundance from being authentically yourself. Because I think that's one of the, for me, one of the like principles that I have about creating wealth is it really comes from your being authentic to yourself, like trusting your desires, embracing who you are, embracing your flaws, embracing your quirks, embracing your like kind of like weird path so that people can mm -hmm. see you and your work like encapsulates the good life plus the abundant life <laughs> all together because you're just being real. So I love that. I love that so much. Um, what do I want to know from you is just like how how do you see it with your clients that letting themselves be themselves creates more wealth, creates more wealth in whatever areas? Like, tell me what your experience has been doing this intentionally with people, just letting them be, I'm like, just letting them, letting us be ourselves. <laughs> like, that's incredible. Like, that is, can be that simple. Tell me about their experiences and what you see and what you've learned. Right. So one of the big things I find is that as humans, we're almost looking for permission from other people to be human ourselves. We want to know that we're acceptable, all the parts of us, not just the parts of us that are extraordinarily genius or that are experts in something or are well-educated or whatever. We want to know that the parts of us that maybe we consider ugly or the parts of us that we consider quirky or weird, that those parts are acceptable as well. What happens is when business leaders step up and they embrace all of themselves, they're quirky, they're weird, along with their expertise and their genius, when they bring all of that to the table, it 
silently gives permission to everyone that's watching them, everyone in their, their sphere of influence to be the full expression of themselves as well. And it's such a, it, it's, it seems so like, it seems that that would have come to us earlier, I guess, in our development, but it's something that we haven't been given permission to do. There's been, like, even in our school systems, there's a right answer and a wrong answer. There's a right way to be and a wrong way to be. There's, there's this kind of, like, dichotomous thinking of, you know, this is what we need to do to be acceptable in the group, and this is what we don't need to do, and we've all been yearning for this permission to just be acceptable as we are. And so when business leaders show up and they are vulnerable enough, which vulnerability and courage are like, it's the same thing. It is so courageous to be vulnerable enough to just be like, this is me. This is all of me. Um, this is, you know, this is the light and the dark. This is the, um, you know, these are the things I'm proud of and some of the things I struggle with. These are all of, this is all of me. It gives permission to everyone in our sphere of influence to be themselves as well. And it feels delicious to us. It's addictive. It's so attractive to people. I love to that. feel yes. that way. It's so attractive. It's so funny because like what you're saying is so true. And we're like brought up to think that we have to be a certain way to be a part of the community. And like in a lot of ways that's real, but the true connections that we have to each other is through actually embracing our individuality, which is the opposite of what we've been told. Like I really feel and hear what you're saying, like connecting to other people comes through like actually knowing them intimately. I know that anyone that I've wanted to work with or like I pay a, a person or a brand or a company, it has to do with me relating to them. Like any coach that I've had, there must, there must, there's always something in their story that resonates or like feels real, even if it's not similar to mine. And that's why I'm like, okay, that's a real person. I trust them as a guide mm -hmm. and it connects me to them. And like, we are, we keep being bombarded with the idea that the perfect is going to make us connect with each other when it doesn't do that at all. <laughs> it no, it that at all. So well, I, I mean, think about it when you have a friend, like imagine we all have a friend, right? That, that comes across as perfect. They've got all their stuff together. They, you know, it, it looks like everything just comes really easily for them. Is that the person that you're going to show up at and tell them about your life being a hot mess express? Is that the person that you're going to show up and be like, so this is the craziness that happened in my life. No, like that's the person you hold up on a pedestal and you kind of like, ah, uh, like you, like there's part of you that like is, inspired by it maybe there's part of you that's like intimidated by it mm -hmm. that's not who you go to when you right. need to be real there's with no, someone like connection there i mean yeah. the connection there is not it it's not deep it's shallow right because right. you feel i feel like we know like you i feel like when we see somebody perfect we we feel like we can't go deeper with them because of shame and so we yeah. don't go deeper in those relationships. No offense yeah. to the perfect people because there aren't any, but, <laughs> but I think that's what happens. I think when I run into somebody who's like too perfect, my tendency is going to want to be to hide 
because of my own shame around like not being able to re relate to anything that feels tangible, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Because, and I love how you said there is no such thing as a perfect person. So sometimes we will look at that person and we will say, oh my gosh, they're perfect. And it's our own shame kind of coming up. Sometimes when we allow ourselves to be vulnerable and to approach people like that, like, this is scary for me because you seem so perfect and, but I want to be close to you and this is what's going on. So often they'll be like, oh my gosh, are you crazy? I'm not perfect. This is what's going on in my life. And then you're like, oh, okay. And you're able to create those connections. So, um, but yeah, it's whenever we can be real with each other. You're so right because when we're on the surface, there is no real connection. There is no real knowing. There is no real sharing. And business is built on knowing, liking, and trusting people. It's built right. on the ability to connect at a deeper level. So, so when, when women are going through six-figure frequency, which is my money program, and they have questions about like how to show up in their businesses and like market, I'm just like, literally, you have to be yourself as much as possible and tell people what you do and like live in the embodiment of the work that you have. Mm -hmm. And uh, I say it so easily, <laughs> right? Like I'm like, here are these two steps for you to do. But like the one of the reasons why I'm pulling you on here, cause I was like, yes, let's talk more about that because that work of being yourself, like sometimes I haven't even noticed when I'm not being myself. I'm not always aware of, the vulnerabilities that I'm hiding like mm -hmm. just recently and like you can give me two cents or whatever comes from it but just recently I shared a story about filing bankruptcy like a couple of years ago I don't remember I always forget how long ago. it was probably like seven and I shared the story of like what that looked like how I had to come into a place of worthiness before I would even let myself do it because there was so much shame that I had gotten myself in hot water and I knew that that was an option that could help me. And I was like, no, you're not worthy. Like, who do you think you are to get that break? Who do you think you are to not have to pay? Like, um, no, you made this mess. You have to like find your way out of it. Shame story until I really got to a place of worthiness that was like, no, this exists to help you. Mm -hmm. And I did it. And so here we are like seven years later and I'm coaching this beautiful work around money and helping women create money. I didn't even realize I had never told that story. And I was like, oh, that's shame. That was the part of you that like tucked it far in the back, even though it's this beautiful, inspiring story, tucked it way, way back in the back out of a tendency to like make it look like everything is perfect. And that I got like, you know, that I have no flaws and that like my rise to this work was like through, like I was born, I born, I was born knowing all this stuff that like I didn't have to learn it. And it was just like, it's just shame. I didn't even realize I was hiding that. And someone asked me like, how did it feel to share the story? And I was like, I was kind of in shock that I never shared this very vital, critical part of, of how I got here that's so inspirational because I was hiding it. Like I didn't even notice I was hiding it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, tell me more about like how you see that play out or like what you know about that. Cause I was, I was surprised. I was like, wait a second. 
what else is in here? <laughs> what else are we not like? What else are we not talking about? What else is a secret? What else are we hiding? Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love your story. So I love the story because, well, for a lot of reasons, like it's super inspiring. Which you've already you've already discovered for yourself that it's so inspiring for people to hear where we were and how we got to where we are now. Um, because it puts us on that same playing field. People can see themselves in our struggle. Um, but second of all, I think it's so funny. I think being real isn't about being completely vulnerable all the time. What happens is it's being aware when it comes to our awareness, like being curious when it comes to our awareness, when we're not being real because all of us do this. I will be 99 and I will still be hiding parts of myself that will come up that I'll be like, oh, now why am I hiding that? Like what's going on? Why haven't I talked about that? And it's not so much about digging through and getting to all of our limiting beliefs or all of the shame that we carry all at once in order for us to be successful. It's dealing with what comes to our awareness when it comes to our awareness, because what ends up happening is sometimes we'll be made aware, like I haven't been sharing this story. And then we feel shame about our shame. Is we'll, <laughs> it'll come up and we'll be like, I haven't been sharing this story, I think because I still have shame about it. And then we feel ashamed that we are feeling shame because we thought we worked through it. And really what it is, is it's just, oh, I'm not sharing that. Let me get curious about it and not judge because I'm human. Let me not judge myself and just, figure out what this means. What does this mean right now? What can I learn from this? How can I grow from this? And then you grow some more. So yeah, I'm going to be 99 and I'm still going to have things that I'm like, huh, haven't talked to anyone about that. Why not? Why am I hiding that part of myself? Let me get curious. Let me learn from it and let me grow. Um, because when we feel shame on top of the shame, then like we just kind of create this whole like meta story that makes it even harder to take off yeah. the mask. So two things that I just love from what you said, like one is I just so thought, thinking about like, just seeing the stories that aren't being shared, like why am I hiding this about myself? And like, just like observing them because all of those places, and I mean like you have to be mindful about where you share stories, who you share stories to, but like every time, every time, I share a shame story, I'm free. Like, you know, so like the notion of like letting them rise up and just being curious about them and then seeing it as an opportunity to actually be what my head went to was like, that's an opportunity to be loved, mm -hmm. right? Like radically loved. If you just let yourself be seen all the time, like, you know, let yourself be seen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's scary. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> right. The vulnerability <laughs> is scary, but every time it, I'm just thinking to myself like now, like almost every time the shame comes up, anytime shame comes up, it's an opportunity for you to be seen and loved and like, mm -hmm. and then way back and then back to connection, which is so beautiful. Um, but also what was the other thing? Cause so many gems. Um, oh, the word shame. Like, okay. So this is weird because I'm all like money abundance, but shame is like one of my favorite words newly this year because I'm recognizing I mean I know how powerful it was but I'm recognizing how quickly I can shift things when I like head it like go straight towards it 
<laughs> yes, it requires bravery. I say it so easily, but like when I head straight towards it, shame has made so much, like just dealing with the shame, looking at the shame, loving on myself with the shame, the things that I want to hide in relationship to money has created so much shift for me and so much more income that it's like my new favorite word. I'm like, there's money underneath your, sh your shame. Does that sound crazy to you or does that make absolute sense? No, that makes so much sense because <laughs> it's so funny. There's three things that shame needs in order to like grow and expand exponentially. And it's secrecy, silence, and judgment. And so when we speak our shame to someone who will not judge us, then we're able to release it. And like you said, our power is underneath our shame. Everything that has caused us shame in the past is a tool that we can use to help other people. And mm, those tools yeah. that we use to help other people, that's where our marketability is. That's where our expertise is. That's where, it, that's where we change the world is with those things that are underneath the shame. So true. So true. I, I say this to the women in the program. I'm like, you're genius because they're like, well, how can I get someone to pay me for this particular thing? Or how can I charge more for this particular thing? And I was like, oh my goodness, your genius is so unique and special. It is built out of every story that is part of you. I cannot replicate you. I cannot do the thing that you're doing the way that you do it. It's impossible for me to do that and it's made out of these stories and sometimes it's made out of these stories that are hiding underneath these opportunities i'm gonna call shame <laughs> that are really our genius because it's like my genius related to abundance and manifestation and money has to do with all of the stories of my life that made me feel less worthy because of it and me actually looking at them, loving myself and then realizing, oh, there's something magical about what I did with this experience when I loved on it and what it, what it offers to other people. So I love the word shame and I'm really happy to hear that you, you confirm it because you know, you're doing this work too. I'm not crazy everybody every time I tell you <laughs> that, oh. The shame, these shame stories have genius and magic to them. And if we can find, I want you to repeat what is required, you know, like what makes it grow. Because for me, I'm just clear, like I need to find ways to let it out and be seen and I have to love on it hard. So can you just yeah. say it one more time, what is it, what does shame need to grow? And then I guess let's flip it so that we can say exactly what it needs for it can turn into, so that it can turn into like pure magic. Abundant. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So shame needs secrecy, silence, and judgment in order for okay. it to grow. So we need to be able to speak it out loud. So secrecy and silence kind of go together. Secrecy is that, that feeling of, you know, no one can ever know this because if they did, they wouldn't love me anymore. That's what shame says is no one can know this about me because if they did, they wouldn't love me. I wouldn't belong. I wouldn't be worthy anymore. Um, so that's the secrecy piece, the silence piece. So that starts with us. Secrecy, in order to change that, we need to have radical self-acceptance. This ability to love on ourselves, like you said, to love on that shame, to love on that hurt, the trauma that created the mm -hmm. shame, to be able to look at ourselves with compassion um, is really where the healing starts then to be able to speak it 
to someone who has earned the right to hear our story. And when I say someone who has earned the right, it's really the next piece, which is non-judgment. We need someone who's going to listen to it without judgment, who is um, not going to become another, Brene Brown calls it a flying piece of debris in the shame shit storm. Mm. Um, we I need somebody. I do flying too. I love storm. I mean, I love her. Yes. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to like do a thing where we just go see her for some strange reason when we're finally <laughs> Because I just adore her. I, the first time I heard her speak, I was like, you and I are friends. She doesn't know. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't yeah. know. Do you feel the same? Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like I, I listen to her podcast and I'm like, this is my best friend. She has no idea. So, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I just, just to go on a tangent, I just listened to The Body is Not an Apology. Did you listen to that episode? So Look at your good. eyes. Oh, my God. I was like, oh, my God. I can't even. I was like, I don't yeah. know how many times I have to listen to this. And I don't like I can't even imagine how much more free in this lifetime I can be when I put this way of being on. It was, it was really good. Anyway. <laughs> Absolutely. I took pages of notes. Like I listened to it like three or four times. I was like taking notes while I was cooking and listening. Oh, good. It was, yeah, so was fantastic. So like I decided I couldn't listen to that episode while walking because I couldn't write and walk. And, and so <laughs> I was like, I have to listen to this while I'm stationary so I can like stop and like take notes. So I've got spaghetti sauce on my notes because I was cooking and listening and taking notes. But yeah, so fantastic. Oh my goodness. That episode was so good. And I feel like in a lot of ways, even though it's, it's different, but it relates to just like, it just relates to it. There's shame there. There's just shame is in that episode. It talks about like the way that we're apologizing for being who we are, for being ourselves, for being our stories, for being in our bodies, whatever body that we have. And it's the same principle, right? Like coming to full radical acceptance of that and how liberating and free it is for us to show up in the world that way. So there's that. <laughs> I love it. And I love that you're like, oh, did you hear this one? I'm like, yes. <laughs> so good. <laughs> It's so good. But back to shame. Okay, so you're speaking it. You're you're saying the thing that you want to hide. And I'm going to relate it to money. Like you have a, oh, this is good. This is a good example that just came into my mind. Is that like when I first wanted to get help with money, I was too embarrassed by my financial situation. Like, I was like, I should be doing better, and I'm making a lot of money, so this shouldn't be a problem. I was too embarrassed by that situation. I thought I had to have everything right to the point where I didn't want to ask for help. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that comes up with money, like, in such a big way. It's like, you don't even want people to see the situation enough to let it be seen. But letting it be seen is how you get help with the situation, <laughs> whatever the situation is. So... So letting it be seen, and then you said speaking it, and I guess that's like just saying it out loud. And then what was the last, like finding a non-judgmental person, right? Yeah. 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 That example that I gave, like when I was in that situation, I definitely, I was like, I just needed like getting the person to look at it with me, change the game, getting my first financial coach getting the first person to like peek inside of my brain and hear and like tell them these are my stories, here are my thoughts was the way out of the situation. 
and I just needed someone to be a witness for me and to hold space and to like love myself through it. So I'm just saying all of that to say like if anyone's had that situation, that's the medicine and it was the medicine that I had to take. So Terry's spot on about it. It was a medicine I had to take as well and it, it applies to all shame. So any, any place that you're feeling shame, if you don't have a non-judgmental friend, because many of us don't, Many of us don't have a non-judgmental friend. Find I'm trying help. To think if I have a non-judgmental. Like I can, I have friends that I can tell. Like my friends, if anyone listens, they're gonna be like, "Excuse me." <laughs> <laughs> but it's like I have friends that I can ask them to listen and be non-judgmental. But I yeah. also have friends where I'm like, "Please judge me. I need to hear. <laughs> like, yes. I need to get some feedback. Like, am I being ridiculous or what?" And yeah. I think it's good to have both. <laughs> well, and I think that's the interesting thing is non-judgment doesn't necessarily mean like playing nice. Like that's a big like trigger word for me is playing nice. There's a difference between kind and nice. We're looking for kind friends. Kind friends, they don't judge you, but they are, they are clear with you about where they mm -hmm. see that you're standing in your way because they want what's best for you. They want you yes. to get your fullest, highest, most expansive life and if they see you standing in your way they're going to be the ones that are like girl i love you you're completely lovable the way you are and you're doing this to yourself yes. you don't have to do anything about that but if you want to get where you're going this is what you're doing to yourself yeah i'm clapping yes to all yeah. of those friends yes amazing that's so true yeah so i've attracted people like that into my life the more i've become shame resilient but before, when I was in shame, I had the tendency to attract other people who were also in their own shame spirals. It was very that difficult to find someone. So much sense, right? That makes so much sense, right? You're gonna, you're in your authenticity. This is something I teach all the time. In your authenticity, you're going to attract it. You're going to attract everything that you are. All mm -hmm. of the energy that you're carrying, all the ways that you're being, you're going to attract that. So if you want to be surrounded by people who are authentic and like shame resilient and like have the courage to look at things and can hold space for you you have to start carrying that as a way of being also and you'll just attract them I love that that's so true that's one of my like um big like draws when I say pull like people into my program is telling them like you're gonna be in a container where we're gonna talk about it and it's safe to talk about it and you get to like get that shit loved on and transform mm -hmm. it into something else and make more money. Like there aren't like a million places to do that. Mm -hmm. Especially yeah. not in our like regular everyday life to do that kind of work. So I, I so value what you're saying about that. Absolutely. Well, and that's one of the big things that keeps us from getting out there and being seen and making money in the first place sometimes is you know, the current people in my, you know, in my bubble of friends, they don't do this. Well, guess what's going to happen? You're going to go out, you're either going to show them what's possible and they're going to evolve with you or you're going to attract other people, as Brene Brown says, in the arena. People yeah. who are out there getting their butts kicked, trying new things, falling down, learning from them, getting up. You're going to attract more of those people because now you are one of those people. And so people in your past life will either choose to come with you or they won't. And that's okay. It doesn't it's mean so, anything about you. It's so funny that's coming up. Cause I'm like, Oh, duh. Terry and I 
connected you and I connected in a container like such right it was just like oh no we're about to go to another level so we're gonna need to be surrounded by other women who are about to like <laughs> knock things out of the park and that's how we know each other oh, yeah that's so beautiful that's so beautiful. in fact I would say most of the people I trust the most have come from containers like that people who are out there you know growing and that's how we connect and then we're growing together and it's just this little like it's so magnetizing to be around people who are expanding and growing with you and yes. then it makes it so much less scary to get out there and do brave things because you're right. surrounded by women doing brave things right and we witness each other and we hold mm -hmm. space for each other in a way that you can't always get that in your everyday life like not impossible because eventually what happens especially for me is like now i'm surrounded <laughs> yeah but when you're making a shift and i'm gonna say especially with money because of the mentality around money in our culture is so pervasive it's so fear-mongering mm -hmm. that you'd be hard-pressed to naturally be in a circle of people who um don't have judgment around you wanting to expand like exponentially in that area without someone bringing in some type of fear of greed or worry about lack or their own shame stories about what their situation is that can be challenging and so yeah. so worthwhile to start like putting this putting that that persona on putting that way of being on and like letting someone hold space for you so that you can start being that way and attracting more people into your life who do that. Absolutely. Well, and money is one of those that. things. Oh, <laughs> I am too. Sorry on video. Um, no money I find is one of those things. So money, sex, um, women's roles, um, yes. racial equality, these are all things that like have a lot of shame wrapped around them for people. And so like money, for instance, if you're in a family that has struggled, I came from a home where people, I grew up in a trailer house in rural Texas and a lot of my family still lives in trailer houses. So going to college, I got made up, made fun of sometimes by some of my family members for wanting to go to college, but going to college surrounded me with people who had a completely different financial mindset. Mm. And then even exiting college, um, you know, we've made friends that have had maybe even a higher mindset about money. And I've learned so much. It's expanded me out of my trailer park that I grew up in so that I can a know that money isn't dirty, that money is a tool that yeah. magnifies who you already are. If you have a giving heart and you want the world to be better, you want a lot of money because you're going to yeah. be able to magnify that good. Yes. Um, yes, please. Immediately. Yes. And, <laughs> yes. Get it immediately if you're listening. Go get your money immediately <laughs> if you're good. Yes, we take, we take the money and we use it to amplify the good that we are. And it's so crazy that... Um, you know, you can be in a circle where there's so much shame around money that you don't, you miss that opportunity to do the good that you could do because of that. And that like brings us full circle to like back to people pleasing. Cause I'm, I'm really glad you brought up just like your family of origin or like whatever, wherever your roots are and how that, um, what, you know, what implications it will have for your own shame stories and like your um, willingness to be seen 
Because certainly growing up for me, I grew up in like upper middle class neighborhood and my mom was raising three girls by herself and she was working a lot. And we like, I didn't have all the things that all the other kids had. And so I certainly grew up feeling like I didn't have less. I wasn't as worthy because I couldn't go on every trip. I couldn't get every fancy whatever was new and out. And I realized in my own journey with money, like how much of what I was carrying in judgment around what happens when I change and I'm different than what my circle, like what happens when I'm different than my origin story? What happens when I shake that story off? And I feel like there were years where I was people pleasing in that I was carrying that story far longer than I wanted to, just because I wanted to feel connected to them through, of all things, shame. Mm -hmm. <laughs> of mm -hmm. all things, shame. What are your thoughts on that? Because I think that's powerful. I have women who come through the program and that is definitely something that we have to work on. I definitely have to guide them through detangling themselves from family of origin stories and finding new ways to relate to those yeah. connections so that it's not about lack and it's not about struggle, you know, because we build connections around those things. And when you decide you don't want to do it anymore, you're faced with the realization that the relationships might not even exist without that. So, okay. I just said a lot, but tell me your thoughts. <laughs> no, I love it. I love this. No, this is so good. Okay. So yeah, so often we, we develop bonds with people that are really based around shared trauma and shared shame is, is what you said. Like, yeah, I mean, um, we have this kind of history together of, of hardship or whatever. And when you decide, you know what, this isn't my story anymore. I'm going to make a better life for myself. We have a really hard time sometimes as just as humans of letting go of something that we know that's comfortable in order to get something that we don't know that we want that isn't comfortable. We don't know what it's going to feel like yet. So um, that happens with money, but it also happens with relationships. So for instance, part of my story too is, is a faith transition. So not so much a money story, but a faith transition where all of my friends and family were the same faith. And me choosing to leave that, like to start questioning, to start expanding my mindset, to start allowing myself to think differently was so scary because of this, this friend group that I had, this community and support and having the trust that either me leaving would allow us to create a different relationship that was healthier, that wasn't based on shame, or that I would, the trust that as I grew, that I would attract more people to me that could relate to me in the new place. Um, it's a really scary leap for a lot of people to, to trust that on the other side, that you will still be able to connect with the people you're meant to connect with. And that there might be relationships. I wish I could say all your relationships are going to be great. They're going to learn to reconnect with you in this new place. But there may be some relationships that will be strained or that you may lose altogether mm -hmm. as you grow simply because they're not willing to grow yet. And watching you grow is too painful for them. It brings up too much of their own shame 
about what they could do and they're not willing to face it yet. That's so true because it's like, um, you know, I'm ushering women through this process and they're having to make peace with like what happens to their relationships as they rise. And certainly I know from my experience, cause I'm like constantly doing this, I'm intentionally creating more wealth. And so also intentionally like messing up stuff all over the place so that I can rise. And I definitely know for myself that there have been many times that my personal relationships had were, was, they were tested by my insisting that they be about something else, not the shared trauma, not lack consciousness, not whatever story of like struggle was holding them together. And then it was like a test, not like I was in, in, like intending to test the person as much as hopefully this relationship is stronger than a sh- bond of like trauma. You know what I mean? And yeah. Some of the people in my life, it's been a no-brainer. Like the thing just recalibrates. Not instantly, but it just happens. As I learned, like I'm not revisiting the story. I'm not talking that way. I'm not going to spend 30 minutes on the phone worried about that. The relationships have recalibrated. But for the ones that don't, I have to make peace with that. the fact that it has it might have something to do with, well, maybe they don't value the change that I'm making, but also if there's any shame there and they're not ready to process it, like it's not on me to make them do that work, right? Like it will have to be in their own time. I definitely don't force people to do that kind of work, right? I I expect the universe to take care of them. And so I love that you said that because there feels like there's so much risk and fear involved and like, also a level of guilt of leaving people behind and it's like no trust that when they're ready to do the work they will and it might not be now Mm -hmm. right and and the best thing that you can do for them is actually do yours so that Mm -hmm. they get the opportunity to see what's possible i love that that's so good I love, so I have a mental exercise when I start feeling that guilt, like you said, of leaving people behind. I imagine an open door of me saying, I'm going into the other room and I'm leaving the door open. You are always invited into my space, but I'm still going on this journey. You can come whenever you're ready. It is always there for you. So that's awesome. I love that. I love that. I love that. I love that. I also love the metaphor of like the elevator. Mm. Have you heard it? Like, you know, you're going up on an elevator and like what will happen as you go up is some people are going to get off of the elevator and then new people are going to come on the elevator. And it's like, not to worry. And now that you shared your like open door, now I'm thinking like, you know, and some people, maybe they got off and then they took the stairs and they met you (laughs) Mm -hmm. and then they, or they caught the express. But I love this idea of like, you're leaving the door open because certainly that's what I'm doing in my business with intention. I am moving forward and like leaving the door opening. I'm like, Hey, when you're ready, like to everyone on the planet, that's the work. And that's exactly what I want my clients to be doing 
I mean, the reason why I do this work is so that women can feel empowered, everyone feel empowered to create wealth for themselves. And so that they can be reflections of that possibility for people in their lives. So it's like not just me leaving the door open for my clients, but also my clients leaving doors open for mm -hmm. everyone in their lives to walk through. What? Yep. Oh my gosh. <laughs> right? Like, hallelujah. <laughs> so good. Well, it's so funny. I've been like taking notes on my paper over here too, where I'm like, that Have is you? good. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I have She's a feeling. Good. It's so funny because I was like, what should I plan for this conversation? I was like, I really don't even think that's remotely necessary. There's so much work really. I mean, there's so much. And I knew that I needed to like talk to you about it because I feel like there's plenty of us. I'm speaking about me and some of my friends, I guess, who don't resonate with this idea of perfectionism. I really never thought of myself as a person who's looking to be perfect but i recognize that my willingness like any fears around not wanting to fail any fears around not selling my story any fears around um being seen has to do with wishing deep down that everything was perfect or that it would work out perfectly and so it's like girl she's talking to you <laughs> <laughs> She's talking to you. You think she's not talking to you, but she's talking to you. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny because I feel like I was like a perfectionist perfectionist and people looked at me and were like, well, I wasn't like that. Like I didn't do that. <laughs> but then as I like dig down into it, people are like, okay, but I do that. Yeah. 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 That resonates. <laughs> that's so funny. I wasn't like that. Well, that's why she's doing this work. That's, that's what, that was the genius underneath there. Like, yeah, she's better at this than you because of that. That's why she's teaching you. Duh. Well, and then you, like, I'm learning all about the money. Like, I watch your podcast pretty religiously. I have pages of notes from podcasts. Oh, okay. and there's I'm one I listen to weekly. So oh, happy to hear that. Well, you'll be hearing your voice very soon on the podcast. Terry, I'm so happy to have had this conversation with you. It's so good and so powerful. And then uh, I think we just set like lots of people free. So many, because we talked about so many good things. So many good things, so many good things. I want you to tell people um, like where to find you, where you are and the, you know, in the webs of social media and all that stuff. And um, yeah. And anything that you've got coming up that you want to share? Okay. So my website for coaching is effervescentcoaching.com. And I am on Instagram under the same handle. So effervescent underscore coaching on Instagram. Um, you can find me also if like the shame around religious trauma is something that kind of like piqued your interest while we were talking. I have an Instagram called Emancipated Molly. So, um, emancipated molly on instagram you can find me there about religious trauma and shame and perfectionism and all of that that's happening there and i have a youtube channel with that same name so where we talk about religious trauma as well so that's me that's where you can find me yum 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 okay people go find terry and get free in all the ways that you can <laughs> like what just get free i love this work oh my gosh terry thank you so much you're so welcome. I've loved being here and talking with you. Highlight of my week so far.
Hey love, before you go, I want to invite you to join my program, Six Figure Frequency. It's for sacred women who want to align with the energy of six figures or more. Go to melissaalesian.com forward slash money to join.